just because the NFL season is now firmly in the rearview mirror does not mean the betting season is over. Oh, no, 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 no. There is still plenty of opportunities to put a little something-something on the games. The NBA, college basketball, NHL, yes, golf. No matter what tickles your fancy, there is still plenty of action to whet your appetite. But just remember, where you bet is every bit as important, if not more so, than what you're betting on. That's why I tell my friends to go to mybookie.com. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big DraftKings fan duel, whatever. No, 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 no. Johnny come lately's. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does that matter? Oh, I don't know. In a million ways. Better lines, better payouts, less rules. You name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and have your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Now, make sure you read the rules on payouts regarding bonus wagering. It does require certain levels of wagering to collect your money. But if you just want to bet straight up, you don't want the deposit, you want to make a one-time bet for a million dollars, win it, and then walk away, Fine, you can do that as well. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. Bet, win, and most importantly, get paid with my bookie today. Today on the ZABEcast, ever wonder what it takes to open a successful barbecue joint? Well, I got a guy today, and we're going to talk smoked meat. Good news, bad news on the sports media front. The NHL is back on ESPN. That's good. The bad news is cord cutters in Wisconsin, you're screwed. Also, a thought on free agency in the NFL and a COVID truth bomb to rattle the windows. Your 45-minute dose of pure me is locked and loaded, so buckle up, man. Let's go. Thursday, March 11, 2021. Thank you for downloading some housekeeping first and foremost out of the gate. Thank you to those who emailed me with feedback on my daughter's phone issue. I figured it out with your help. And I think my wife figured it out as well. Somehow my daughter had blocked (laughs) mom as one of the texters to her. (laughs) Maybe she was sick of mom's shit. I have no idea. I think it was by accident, and I went into the settings. I noodled around. I didn't even think about that, but there it was. So we are good to go on that front, and I did not have to call Verizon and sit on hold for an hour or more. Thank you very much for that. Also, I regret to say that Indianapolis is not happening, per usual. I know, once again, it's not the year Zabe yet goes to things. Too much stuff going on. I don't need to let you in on it. It doesn't matter. Nothing dramatic. Just there's conflicts. There's issues. It was an aspirational trip. And I do not regret my aspirations. I would rather aspire out loud and muse and dream and then have to go, well, I'm not going to do it. Then never mind. I'd rather do that than not dream. The day that I stop dreaming of things that could be fun uh, is a bad day. We don't want that. All right, let's get to the uh, two sports items, and then we'll get to talking some barbecue with Monk, Monkey, uh, Chris Jenkins, uh, Brian, excuse me, Brian Jenkins from Monk's Barbecue in Percival. So, along with Jeremy Huber of SiriusXM, great guy, good broadcaster, and uh, 
somebody who listens to me and uh, we're, we're, we're friends in the business now. Anyhow, so good news, bad news. The good news is you might be hearing this soon. Oh, yes. Let it wash over you, hockey fans. I can't say if this is a better theme song than the NBC version, but it brings back so many good memories of perhaps a simpler time in the early 2000s in which the four-letter network had the good old hockey game. Seven-year deal, and it goes back to ESPN. They'll broadcast as many as four Stanley Cups. They could have some on network TV, or there could be some on NBC. But this is the final year of NBC's 10-year deal that they paid around $2 billion. Here's why it's so good. It's because anything that's on ESPN gets great shelf space as a sport. And I love hockey, and I love not having to go find it somewhere, even though I got used to the whole, oh, it's on NBC Sportsnet, it's on NBC proper, it's on CNBC, it's on whatever. ESPN is the place you want to be for exposure. And they'll give hockey more highlights, more attention. When ESPN got out of the NHL business, it's almost like the sport vaporized. And that's still how powerful ESPN is. Sure, much of their programming, if not almost all of it, is insufferable and fake as fuck. And and you can't even watch it. But when it comes to the games and the properties that they have, it's important to be on ESPN. Good for the NHL. Can't wait for next year. And NBC, have a good send-off this spring and summer, and we wish you well. Now for the bad news. Cord cutters... Guess what? You got played. Oh, I'm so smart. I'm going to save money on my cable bill. Watch this. Snip, snip, snip. Cord, cord, cut. I got giga speed internet. I'm good to go. I'm just going to order a little bit of this streaming, a little bit of that streaming, and a little... Oh, where's the game? Oh, guess what? They changed the rules on you. You didn't think they could do that, but they did. Story by J.R. Radcliffe in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Brewer fans who don't fire up their smart TVs until opening day might be surprised to discover their streaming service no longer carries Fox Sports Wisconsin. It's something that cord-cutting Bucks fans have already realized after services such as YouTube TV and Hulu Plus Live TV dropped the Sinclair-owned regional sports networks in October, options to watch channels like FS Wisconsin have dwindled. Essentially, fans will have to either Pay for a cable subscription. (laughs) You're back with cable, suckers. You didn't think you were going to cut the cord and run away from us that easily, did you? I feel like Glenn Close in Fatal Attraction. As the cable company, we're not going to be ignored, Dan. (laughs) Essentially, fans will either have to pay up for a cable subscription like Spectrum or pay for AT&T TV, a service that, wait a minute, AT&TV TV, AT&TV, that could be a typo in the Journal Sentinel, AT&T TV, 
a service that takes place of the previous over-the-top offerings from AT&T and DirecTV and does not insist on a contract but will cost $1,800 a month for the choice. What? (laughs) Good Lord, what is happening in there? Yeah, $85 a month for the choice package that includes FSW. But hey, Spectrum Cable does have an introductory rate for its select package that does include FSW. It's only $45. But that rate is only for 12 months. Some restrictions apply. It may not last. <laughs> disclaimer, disclaimer. 12-month rate, and it's for those who have not subscribed to any Spectrum services in the past 30 days. Said Jason Gerwin, co-founder of The Streamable, a site that follows the TV industry's machinations and also enables readers to find streaming service for any content, including Brewer Games. Quote, the bad news is that it's very unlikely that Fox Sports Wisconsin is coming back to Hulu Live TV or YouTube TV anytime soon. And get this, you can't just buy the streaming rights either for the Brewers via MLB's streaming service because you live in that market and they black out within the market to make you pay for what the cable companies who have what paid exclusive rights to major league baseball and their affiliated teams to carry those games on television. I wish I had better news cord cutters, but you are screwed. All right. You know how I've got a pilot guy now? and my guy Tim Baggett, and I've got a bourbon guy and Fred Minnick. I also now have a barbecue guy in my next guest, who I lured into the free brisket and mac and cheese van. Of course, he was the one that gave me the free brisket and the mac and cheese afterwards. But we had a very enlightening conversation with both uh, my man Brian and Jeremy about barbecue, sports, life, and a whole lot more. In the mountains of Tennessee, they like the smoky sauce. But over there in old Memphis, a dry rum ribbon falls. The folks down in Georgia, they can't make up their mind. You can give it to them sweet or spicy, and they'll say that tastes all right. And you might think the South Carolinians are just a little bit off. Would you believe their barbecue's yellow with a mustard sauce? Pork shoulder is the cut of choice in Mississippi, and they pride themselves on barbecue. That's totally vinegary. In Louisiana, them Cajuns—they like to spice it up. They like to spice it up. <laughs> well, we're gonna have to go back to square one. I'll see, you're glad. Are you glad to be in the van right now? Yeah, aren't yeah. You? Definitely. All right. Finally, got my man Jeremy Huber, who I worked with briefly at 980. When was it? 2007, and I wasn't really working because our fabulous boss at the time uh, sent me an email telling me uh, after I reached out to him saying, uh, yeah, you're not doing updates anymore. Great. Great. Great, yeah. And uh, that was at, uh, that was what year was that? 2007, I believe. 2007. You've been at Sirius XM, though. You will hear the dulcet tones of, and I'm Jeremy Huber. I just sent Aaron Boone a good, uh, good get well. They had me on to do that, so that was nice. Really? Yeah, because you've heard the story that apparently he was walking around the NLCS one day going, I'm Jeremy Huber. I'm Jeremy Huber. No way. Yeah, so it basically became <laughs> this thing that apparently he's my biggest fan, so every time something newsworthy with Boone comes up, I have to you know come out. They trot me out like Larry Bud Melman or something, yeah. Letterman. 
So anyhow, you introduced me to Monk here of Monk's Barbecue in lovely Purcellville, Virginia, the last big town before you hit the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains in D.C.'s wine country, as they call Western Loudoun County. And I forget what it was, Jeremy. You said, oh, yeah, I know the guy that opened Monk's. He's my buddy from Leesburg. Brian Monkey Jenkins. <laughs> yeah. He's a monk now. Monk. But you're just He's monk now. He's grown up. Yeah, yeah. Monkey when I was little. Okay. Monk, yeah. So how'd you get into the barbecue business? And by the way, thank you for opening this restaurant. When I sure. moved out here with my wife and family in 2010, the only places to eat were Al's Pizza, which was a rundown which? pizza joint with one video game, and a rundown McDonald's. And then Magnolia's, which is nice but very expensive. That was it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's expanded for sure. The um, I miss Al's Pizza though. I miss I miss that. That's where we'd go after little league games and things like that when we played out here. Do you remember? Oh we'd yeah, go and they had all the video the, the video games and all that yeah. there. And <laughs> some some memories there in Al's before they they dozed it and built that shopping center. So you guys grew up in Leesburg, Virginia, yep. which is just a little closer into town for my listeners who are not from the D.C. area. And Leesburg used to be way out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now this is quote way out. But it's getting less way out all the time, isn't it? Yeah. They keep building neighborhoods left and right. I, I try not to go east of Leesburg. <laughs> Is I that just your... try to stay out here. <laughs> Things are simpler. It's uh, Percival's yeah. kind of what Leesburg used to be back yeah. like 20 years ago after they started yeah. building. It's kind of, like I said, gone out a little bit. And probably Berryville's what Percival was 20 years right. ago. Right. Berryville is the next one. Now, that's over the that's across the Clark. line. In, well, it's, no, it's in Virginia. Clark right. County. Yeah, yeah, Clark County, Virginia, yeah. but it's not quite in West Virginia. Anyway, I, re- I like Percival to the town I grew up in, the mean streets of McLean, Virginia. <laughs> yeah. But that's in the 70s, though, so McLean now is way too expensive for most of us mortals. And it's also so crowded, Ryan. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, so that's why I try to stay out west. I can't, my heart can't take it. Yeah, exactly. that, that and all the pork fat that I ingest uh, <laughs> you know, throughout the year. If I'm in sitting in uh, traffic, it's... Uh, I'm a goner by 50 for sure. So, so I'm trying to keep it nice and easy out here. So let's talk barbecue. How'd you get into it? Are you a restaurateur by trade? No, I, I went to, to JMU uh, with a marketing information systems degree in 2002. And I, I actually got into um, tourism okay. with Loudoun County. So I, I used that marketing degree and stayed there for 13 years. And about 10 years into that, um, I had a buddy that had a winery in Waterford. And he said, um, Hey, I've been through a couple barbecue guys. You ever think about this? Cause I, I had brought, um, some barbecue out to his house. Um, so in the personally I was made just barbecue. kind of personally doing it in my okay. backyard, experimenting. Uh, Jeremy here would, would come over from time to time. We'd watch, uh, Washington football team I mean, uh, games. I'm still getting used to saying that. <laughs> now, here's the, my uh, rule. You can yeah. call them Redskins when yeah. you're historically okay. referencing when they were the Redskins. Oh, that's, that's so much better. That's I, my I just, rule on it. Yeah, exactly. All right, but, so you're Skins fans, so you cooked some of your own barbecue, brought it out to a winery, Yeah, and, and they're um, like, Yeah, and his daughter and my daughter played on the same Little League soccer team. So he said, hey, why don't you come out and sell? And I said, yeah, you know, let's give it a shot. I still have pictures from the – very first day that was uh july 14th 2011 and i was his first customer yeah jeremy was my and he first was gonna customer. give me free free food and i said no because i if this radio thing doesn't work out i want to be the first monk's right. customer for history's <laughs> sake first customer and maybe the first uh pit master <laughs> no, no 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 yeah pit master is a tough job it is but the um 
Man, we were out there for through snow, sleet, wind, uh, <laughs> the derecho that came through. Oh, that was remember, terrible. You know, I was picking up uh, supplies and things out of the woods. You know, it uh, it was a labor of love, but it was it was able to be a hobby while I was working my other job. My other job was great. Uh, understanding, loved it. Actually, uh, you know, broke down and cried when I told my boss. You know that I. My passion um, was waning, and, um, and it's not fair I'm to chasing them. It's not, pig. Yeah, and, and that's that's what it's going to be, you know. And uh, so, wait. At this point, what do you really know about barbecue? Well, just, just so I'm, there's I'm, a lot to know. I'm one of those right? guys that, uh, like, I have to be careful what I get interested yes. in because I will, your, I will deep down the rabbit hole. He was yeah, like yeah. this in college, where he would just get on a topic and look it up. Right. And like, I was like, how do you figure out? He just went on Google and just looked it up and yeah. do that, yeah. you know, for a night and just learn everything Message about Message boards, it. you know, all sorts of things. Trial I mean, it's not error. rocket science, but it is a deep passion for barbecue and all the competitions and everything else. Sure. So I'm sure you got yourself up to speed quickly. Yeah. But at the time, you were like, okay, I know a little bit about it, but I want to know more. Yeah. Now, okay. here, here was the trick. And here's what nobody's prepared for when they get into this, is, is um, cooking 40 briskets uh, versus... One, um, and then the numbers on all of it, and the prep work, and the trimming, and, and you know, and and just timing everything before it's overcooked or undercooked. You know, it, it's um, there's a lot there. So we get a lot of guys that come up. I got a great pit crew right now. And they'll come up and they'll talk shop. You know, and they're, yeah, you doing this? Why well, you do that? Blah blah blah. And we ask them, you know, what they're cooking on. They're like, well, a, a Traeger, uh, which is like a pellet smoker. Yeah, from I know a Traeger. Or, yeah. you know, whatever. And that that's cool. Yeah, we always tell them, you know, hey, look, you know, it's the reason why we do it this way is it's just it's different when you're dealing with forty pieces of meat versus one. You know? Right. And you got to we use real wood. You know, you got to There's no set it and forget it. We're, out, <laughs> no. we're outside. You know, it's thirty. I'm looking at your, your your what do they call those? The smokers. Yeah. The big kettles. Okay. Yeah. And you've got one, two, three. Three? We got seven over there. Seven yeah. over yeah, there. It keeps on going back. It, you can't see because of the tent up right now. But and yeah. you, and you've got wood and wood and wood and wood and wood all over the place, yep. stacked all over the place. You got it. All right. So what's the key to good barbecue? First of all, we should talk about the different styles of barbecue. Well, what style styles. is okay. Monk's barbecue? So it, it's the, a good segue into that conversation is the sauces that we do because a lot of the time it's the sauce and the meats themselves, what they're cooking that define the you know where they're. The I'm region. talking broadly so, though, Monk, like Kansas City. What, we're versus a, we're a mix North Carolina yeah. versus what's the third? Isn't there like Texas? Texas. Yeah, Texas for That's sure. That's it, but, right? Uh, you know, there, there's some blends. There's, there's Georgia, South Carolina, which goes for more of a mustard base. There's Northern Alabama, which is the Alabama white sauce, which is oh. kind of the smallest uh, of, the, of right. the barbecue styles. But hell, you get people from Alabama that's, that's Alabama style. <laughs> Kentucky, <laughs> Kentucky does mutton. I don't do mutton. Uh, I'm not sure I would really like it. I've I know. Also... Le- Wait, is that lamb or sheep? That's an old sheep. Wait, old sheep. Wait, yeah. is that the same animal? <laughs> I lamb think so. And sheep? <laughs> I'm, no, I'm no farmer, but okay. yeah, I baby, think you're right. I think baby sheep is a lamb. Yeah, but for 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 just sim- simplicity purposes, there's three basic styles: Carolina, Texas, and what was the third one? I say. Kansas City. Kansas City. For, for simpli- I mean, there's even two styles of Carolina, but for simplicity. For simplicity. Sake, yes, yes. Those are the three big houses yeah. of barbecue, yeah. like it was well, Game of Thrones. There's Memphis. Ah, uh, uh, shit. You know. <laughs> All right. All right. So we're it's, getting complicated. It's very, it's very complicated. But then there's a big split between pig barbecue and cow barbecue. Right. Right, you're only in the pig space. Oh no, 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 no. Our our, our briskets oh, no. are number one seller. I'm sorry, you're yeah. not. You're not in that. Yeah. You're, you're actually in. Well, there's three. There's beef. There's chicken, and there's also yeah. pig. Well, we take you don't a, do mutton. We though. take the best. We don't do mutton. Um, <laughs> not yet. I yeah. wanted to try it for the derby, but I had a hard time getting yeah. a hold of uh, mutton. It's not an easy cut to find. But our our style is the best of those styles. 
So because he does, he does ribs, he does which is the Kansas rib City. Rib that's true. He does brisket yeah. with Texas, and he does his pork barbecue is like a barbecue sandwich you get in with Carolina yeah. with the mustard sauce. Why? Uh, why not? You know, because there's no native Virginia style. Why not take the best of? So would you, you consider know? yourself a blend of? Yeah, for sure. Okay. What do you? What's? What, what is your lineage? If they were to do a uh, genetic test on your barbecue. My, my part this, part that, part this. Part Texas for sure. Okay. Uh, and uh, part. I, mean, I would those, be. Those I three would things be, have been on your menu the entire time. I would right? be forty percent Texas, thirty percent Carolina, and thirty uh, percent Kansas City. Have you ever thought of changing that? No. It's because it's mo- working. The model's working. Yeah. It's working. Yeah. And get me coming here once a week yeah. at least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. I appreciate. Hey, it. Hey, no problem. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I was so happy to see it crop up here. When we were living out here, and I quickly went and I told my wife, I go, oh, we got a, we got a good problem on it's, our hands. Percival's Because this is going to come place all the time. Percival's so interesting. You know, it's, um, we started, like I said, at, at, a, at a brewery and winery. And um, we got really popular with the tour bus folks, which are coming from Arlington and McLean and, yeah. and all, you know, all the points, points east. Now, are you going to tell and, the part of that story about and, you being marketing genius? What? About how you would go ahead and make sure those bus drivers were getting some ribs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, I'll I always was hook feeding. up bus drivers, so, cab drivers. Yeah, I forgot about that. But, yeah, yeah, I fed them for free. So they would be scheduled to go somewhere else. And the, and the bus tour driver's like, no, no, you got to go check out this barbecue stand. And they would they would bring them, yeah. And you get all the kids yeah. from Arlington with their credit cards ready to buy. I'm hungry, yeah. man. I'm hungry. They're just buying it up. Yeah. That's no, that's great. See, that's <laughs> the thing. He, him being a, a business guy, guy who yeah. learned to cook, I think, is the important thing with Brian oh. because he knew how to run a business you get a lot of chefs that are good chefs um and a lot of them make very bad businessmen right um, but but i i think you're right you know and, and barbecue is one of those easier things as far as i don't have to go to chef school to do you know menu small you're looking after a, a very you know finite amount of things where yeah your menu is menu. not long no. in fact I, i've often thought hey, you should probably add a few things here yeah but have you ever thought about expanding the menu or just want to do what you do well and keep doing it. We do it through specials. So, um, like our bacon wrap jalapenos, um, they'll be on the menu. Nice. Um, so we kind of test things out. Our burger was like that, um, which is you had is, a burger here. Yeah, we have. I a must burger. have missed e- it. Every Tuesday, we do a special oh, burger and okay. uh, and half price Virginia drafts on tap. Okay, um, we'll get into the beverage night. part in a second. Yeah, that's another thing that's you've expanded thing, upon. Yeah. That's just because I'm a drunk. But, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> no training involved for that. Well, I guess some hard training, but yeah. Eh, so, know, so, the so the individuality of barbecue joints is starting with the rub, right? Everyone makes their own little version of rub, right? Or do you buy your rub? Oh no, no, you shouldn't be buying any of that stuff. Salsa's rubs, you know, no, that, that should all be done. That's uh, personal touch. Yeah, personal Chef's touch. Chef's touch. Okay. Yeah, and it usually is a spinoff of a style that you're fond of or where you're from. Okay. Um, just yeah. So there's that, and then of course the sauces. You have I think five or six different flavors. Yeah, I think seven. Um, yeah, and and we'll throw a special one on every once in a while. And house you know. sauce. <clears throat> you got angry Texan. Yep. You got the uh, blueberry raspberry, raspberry, raspberry chipotle. chipotle yep. There's another s- sort of sweet one. Blackberry I always whiskey. Get. That's which is the your one Tennessee I get. Style. Right. Okay. The um, Carolina the, uh, Carolina mustard. And there is a Alabama, Alabama white. Alabama white, which mm-hmm. is extremely popular. A lot of people didn't know what the hell that was. I've not. <laughs> you know, I've not they, tried. They, it. they tried it. and They're like, oh my gosh. I think I need to try that. Yeah. yeah. And then there's a uh, scorpion. Oh, that's a new one. So you got to ask for the scorpion. Uh, somebody's <laughs> grandmother got a hold of that one. Time. Ooh, that's not good. <laughs> Grandma got yeah, a hold of the like, scorpion. Uh, that was not a good scene. So we, we you got to ask for that one. Right. Where do you get your actual meat? Um, is that a from, trade secret or is there a no, big supplier? No, it's, it's 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 from 
it's from our distributors. Okay. Now, I get asked this a lot. Um, and for, for catering and things like that, we'll uh, we'll reach out to local farms. We're very active in 4-H, so I know all the, the, the farmers. We go there and support, okay. you know, uh, do the auctions and things. Before we move on to that, the local 4-H, I, I went. He bought the prized... About the cow every, every year we buy the, the grand champion hog. And yeah. I tell you, Zay, because you're a wrestling guy too, <clears throat> it was a road warrior pop when he they announced <laughs> Brian Jenkins from Monks. And I looked at Brian's wife. As Brian's walking up, I look at his wife, Kirsten, because we're friends too. I'm like, look, I'm like, and she kind of the same eyes, like, that's a loud cheer. So, you know, <laughs> he had been that paid, gotten that popular at that nice. point. Nice. So. Just for me to go up and take a picture with a pig. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, you did 4 H as a kid growing up? I didn't. I just, I just oh, love the concept. You but know? you're now into it, yeah. I'm now into it, yeah. yeah I, okay. I support it. I see, I see, you know, I employ a lot of kids. I see the, the, the values and things that they're teaching them. And I right. think they're becoming more and more rare these days. I think it's important oh, yeah. work ethic uh, Heck yeah. to foster that. Yeah, um, no question. So but, so you get the meats from a distributor. The meat is important, yeah. but it's not the only thing that's really well, important. Well, we, we the meat's coming from distributors, which are coming from Shenandoah Valley Farms and things like that. They're not, okay. you know, they don't have any desire to ship meat, you know, from California or anything right. like that. Um, it just keeps the cost down. But, um, yeah, the most important thing is to not rush. Um, everybody wants to know time and temp, what's this going to take, you know, blah, blah, blah. Can't do it that way. It's done when it's done and <laughs> it's, it's when it hits temp, it's there. And that's what makes that job so difficult. They're doing it outside, you know, all, like today, all weather today. It's like 65 it's degrees. Beautiful today. They are so happy. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you're cooking meat on those things all the time, all the time, 24, seven, 365. Pretty much, yeah. someone, someone, someone's meat is getting cooked there. Yeah, and then once you take it off the smoker, how long can you keep it before it's really not sellable? And what do you do? You put in a well, heating device back there in the store. Okay, so we, you know, so we use a unique process. Okay, so I, I don't, I don't like to put this up, but, I, but I'll do it for you. You don't have to. <laughs> I'll do it for you. Cloak it in whatever it, generalities you need for is, security's sake. So, so you know how Hawaiians will dig a pit, right? And they, they put. You know, hot rocks in the bottom. They cover it. They cover it with banana leaves and all that stuff. It's a very passive heat. It's not over flame. It's 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 it, it keeps the muscles from tensing up. Okay. Um, so once we hit target temp on these, we we pack them. Um, we use a butcher paper wrap and we pack them all into coolers. Um, as so, if that brisket hit two hundred and five degrees over the next how many hours, it will slowly step down right like by the next day you'll still be at you know 160 degrees but that whole time you're you're rendering fat that muscle is is loosening up um from being off flame and it's just very passive heat and that that really um is a big deal i've eaten at tons of barbecue restaurants i hope they don't listen to your podcast uh, (laughs) because a lot of them you know just don't cut the the mustard and and the reason why is because they're taking it right off the smoker Right, you can't do that. You you have to let give it at least three hours rest. Yeah, off, off heat, and you need a constant chain of meat coming in. Yeah, to be able to accommodate makes it that. Really difficult not to run out of things. And you know what? At one point, we stopped apologizing for that. You know, you go down to Texas and and these small places, you know, uh, shacks and things that have the best barbecue in the country. There's no apologizing there for running out. You yeah, know, once they we run got, out, they close it up and they go home. Yeah, we know? got what we got, and if we're out, we're out. Yeah, I don't want I don't want to sell you something that's it's not McDonald's reheated or frozen. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Yeah, I I, I want to sell you top quality and and you know uh, we're not going to bend on that yeah funny how expectations for most american consumers at least in this area are like i demand what i deserve yeah it's barbecue you may get it you may not i know when you're busy here on certain big weekends i think "Mm, boy if i don't get here by at least four 
uh, no chance because you're going to get crushed. Dude, we had Wagyu brisket this uh, this past Sunday, and every Sunday we'll be doing Wagyu. Really? You know, thirty thirty six bucks a pound. I was going to um, say a big upcharge on that one. That's a premium it, item right there, baby. We opened See, this, at eleven thirty. We we sold out by noon. This is what I'm. This <laughs> is why I miss being his tester. <laughs> because I was his guy back in the day, and this is this, another good friend of ours said the same thing. But Brian was like, "I get Huber to do this because he'll tell me if it stinks or not." He will. He's brutally honest. So, wow. so that was the thing, and it's like you know, what, but you want to have a friend like that because yeah. everyone could sit there and and like, no, someone has to say, "Yeah, right, this, this is good, great, man. Monk. Like, don't give this to Put people because they're gonna the hate it, you know." So. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I was like, oh man, I wish I was still the tester, but I'd be bigger than I am. Well, he so. does. He does keep them in check though. <laughs> They know when Huber comes in now. Everybody's just, everybody's got attention. You know, I'm like you know, a secret secret diner. Like, <laughs> so you added an outdoor deck. Yep. And you added an outdoor bar. Yep. And you have music now, which you probably haven't had for a while now because of yeah, COVID. But yeah. is that coming back? Uh, mid mid April, we were talking to the the my guy Mike that does our bookings. Um, we've actually converted uh, that outdoor bar into a tiki theme, and then COVID hit like. Right as we were about to open that, so nice. actually, I've got all these tiki mugs in there. We're gonna do. We're gonna come out with a bang once we're allowed to do this again. That okay. tent's coming off, and you're gonna see uh, like <laughs> it's like on thatch roofs everywhere. Nice and you people walking around with rum drinks and all that. Yeah, it, it's gonna be a good time. I always love to come in here and look at the diverse slice of clientele. Yeah, eating barbecues because barbecue is a pretty messy, get your hands dirty, down home sort of you know deal. But you see a lot of people in their nice, fine outfits, you know, and you know that they parked their Jaguar out here and they're sitting down with everybody else loving that barbecue. It's very egalitarian, I yeah, think. it reaches everybody, all walks of life. And yeah. the fact that it's here. Like you said, there was nowhere beforehand, so when they moved in, everybody's eyes lit up and go, this is the, oh, this is the place. we got to eat right. here, you know? Yeah. And they just have been loyal to it. And I think the other thing, which he hadn't talked about, you mentioned the sauces, is that there are those special touches here that – other barbecue places don't do like some places are kind of in on sauces where Brian's really taken a lot to craft these really good sauces that you say. I mean, I remember when I used to come here, the um, with the pulled pork was my favorite thing at first, and I liked the meat, but the sauce was amazing. I was yeah. just smothering yeah. it in that sauce, <laughs> swimming but, in that stuff. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, people like sauce. I mean, that's where we are. I mean, how, how many? What do you do with your kids? You go get them chicken nuggets with barbecue sauce, right? right. So it's like it kind of helps get everybody into the pool. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, uh, are you worried that there's going to be another joint that says, well, they're doing good. This area is growing. Let's go plop our own down there. We've already seen it. We've actually yeah. seen, I won't name any names. Plans? Somebody's fairly new that's opened up that is copied almost right down to the sauce, down to the, but they, really? but, but they don't, they don't do the cooks. I really hope that they're not listening to this <laughs> yeah. podcast. Yeah. Well, that's all right. I'll, I'll make sure to trash them unless they pay me, you know, more than you paid me, yeah. which is, I think, a half pound of uh, taster brisket. That's about it. We, we get some Wagyu for you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and of course, people, I'm going to get listeners right now. Send me your best barbecue joint you've ever been to anywhere in the States. I'd like to hear the responses. What would you say are some of the best places you've been to? Man, okay. So, um, you know, Franklin, you know, down in Austin. Okay, I've which, probably which never was, been to any of these, so don't was, worry. Well, Aaron Franklin's kind of – Barbecue Pitmasters made him famous. He was on there. But he, he had the TV show? James Beard Award winner. Yeah, TV okay. show, all that. Um, he's, he's really – I mean, he's got master class out there, all that stuff. You can look up his methods, and they are – you're spot on. There's nobody better than that. Okay. And we subscribe to all of those methods, you know, all right. and work on them. But 
his place, uh, uh, Rudy's down there in Texas, which is like a gas station chain uh, for, for for chain barbecue. It's really freaking good. Beats, right. Beats most things anywhere around here. For a barbecue connoisseur, if you have more than one location, are you considered like, ah, sell out? I, if you're authentic, you only have one place. That's it. Yeah, no? I, I would say... Maybe for me the number would be like three or four. three. Okay, yeah, because you're yeah. opening a second one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I'd say yeah. three would be yeah. keep you legit. <laughs> I don't want a lot of them because well, at some point, well, you at some anymore, point, you, know. you yeah. don't have control of it. You have to hire more and more people who aren't doing the things the way that they need to be done. Yeah, it's like sports. You know, the little stuff, blocking and tackling and fundamentals. Yeah, it's for good barbecue. All right, what else? Uh, I had to go to um, uh, uh, what was it? Lexington Barbecue down in North Carolina. Okay, because uh, because I. I'll text myself every once in a while to see if, you know, Monk's Bar. So this guy, Wayne Monk, started that, and he always comes up, so I had to go introduce myself. <laughs> There's another Monk's? Yeah. Well, no, it's it's Lexington Barbecue was the name, but oh. he's Wayne Monk. And, well, isn't that ironic? I, I think his name's the Honey Monk or something like that. <laughs> that was kind of cool. Okay. Um, that was good. Uh, uh, Ed Mitchell, um, who was in Raleigh, you know, um, had, a, had a famous joint, you know, over there. Um, now defunct, but... Um, it was a good, good product, good time. What about you, Jeremy? Have you been any anywhere really, really awesome? No, no. I mean, this just here. Got into it with him. I mean, because he just <clears throat> started. It's like, you know, he didn't talk about this, but back we, he, he would literally come to parties. You know, when we were kind of of age. I guess we're like twenty five ish, and he would just like, hey, here's this uh, smoked. Uh, pork loin I made and it like literally everyone ate it in five minutes I mean it was right. that so he was just the whole time kind of testing so I was never you know seeking out barbecue places but of course now it's like I'm always coming here yeah. because no. to the point where it ends up on Facebook and people are like you could you there all the time I'm like well if I can They're be yes yeah, right. really good <laughs> why not uh what about famous Dave's What's your thought on Famous Dave's? Probably chain. the number one chain barbecue joint in the yeah. country. And you put Red Hot and Blue there too, and and all those guys that are around here. It's just a big. How chain. about Mission it's, Barbecue? They're also one that's kind of getting I think a regional for a chain. Um, Mission Barbecue is good. Okay, there, there are certain things that they that that a chain will do. I, it's like Dickies too. They will they will cook. They'll say, okay, we're going to cook all of our pork butts on Monday, and they go in the fridge. Yeah, and gets, you know, and then we're going to cook all these on it. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, when every time you cool something down and heat something back up, it's you're not going to be quite something. as good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, what about the McRib sandwich? How do you feel about that? My wife loves it. I, mean, <laughs> I think it's, I think it's made of spider meat. You know, something, uh, something you ever seen a naked there. McRib frozen? I saw that on the internet. I could maybe get a picture oh, of it here. I think they make the, without the, the, the Hormel dinners or something. They had something like that. Uh, uh, yeah. Formed rib uh, thing, like Salisbury steak. Yeah, that, yeah. Here's there the, it is right there. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> disgusting. Yeah, I like, know. The, the, the P- Spider looks like meat. it got ran over by a, a tank or something. <laughs> the, yeah. P- the PSA is if you want a real McRib, you come to Monks, you buy yourself burn ends and some pickles. And slap those bad boys uh, together, and it's the same yeah. taste. No, we do, we've done the monk rib. Yeah, we actually ran that not long ago. We okay. de- we debone a, a third of a rack of ribs and put nice. uh, pickled uh, onions and pickles on there. Yeah, and, yeah, that thing was good. All right, sports. You guys are native Redskin fans. Yeah. Yep, definitely. How do you feel about, about it? How do you feel about the team right now under Ron Rivera? It's better than it was. Yeah, right? I mean, it's not the abysmal uh, <laughs> like pit of despair <laughs> at the moment where there's just no hope in anything. I mean, you see see them turn a turn in corners. Everybody knows you got to get that quarterback, but you know, yeah. you and I go back and forth about this a lot. I, I just think that there's so many things that they need to put around a quarterback to get them. 
Right. By the time you get that guy, you know, that he's not going to end up on his butt, you know, 70 times a that's, season. That's ruined, the you know? trick of the NFL. It's I, I liken the uh, quarterback sometimes to that expensive flat screen TV. If you're building the house and the roof is not on yet, it's barely framed. If you buy the big screen TV and it's going to get rained on, it's going to yeah. get ruined. It has to come in at the right time so in people, addition to having it. People can say that they, they, they it's the system, it's whatever. There's a certain element of luck in the success, success of that, right? I mean, the team's right in the right spot and the guy comes in and he's, you know. Right. And, and I, don't, I don't know how you do that consistently. But you know you what? Know? In, our, in our business, Jeremy, I always say this. No fan ever wants to talk about luck being a big no. part of things. Because we like to talk about they need to do this. They shouldn't have done that. And the fans have their own opinions as well. You know, I mean, I thought always thought you were pretty good at that, but like just not throwing out ridiculous hot takes of, oh, it was, you know, this, it's like just having, and well, sometimes there's not an answer. Sometimes it is. There's no good answer. And yeah. have, like I, I've said it to him and others that, you know, if I'm Washington right now, all these quarterbacks, I have a board and I say, this is what I'm willing to give up. And I will throw that offer out to you. And if it's, you know, Deshaun Watson, I'd say, look, three ones and a player. That's your you price for Deshaun. Well, here's the thing. You remember with, with, um, with Elway. Right. That. There was the whole thing, and then Ursay came in and blew it up and ended up basically giving him to the, the Broncos, right? Right. Who knows if at some point the Texans don't do something similar, screw it up royally, and you say, well, here's our offer, and they say, okay, here, take it. You know, I, I don't know, but the thing is, with I think with Snyder, we've always talked about was the fact that it was the knee-jerk. Like, don't do knee-jerk. Have a plan. Yeah. Execute the plan. Yeah. Well, and with Elway, here's where luck comes in. So if it weren't for Shanahan and his running scheme at the end of Elway's career— Elway goes down as a 56, 56% completion passer with no rings and some bad Super Bowl embarrassments. <laughs> he might not even be a Hall of Famer, but Shanahan and his running game saved his ass. He won two titles. He walks off into the sunset. And, by the way, he can't find a quarterback himself. Yeah. You know? That's how hard it is to find a quarterback. Oh boy, is he Elway can't too. find it. Good yeah, night. he's just yeah, he, Osweiler. He, he, he no, want, he wants the greatest Washington sports hypothetical ever. Yeah, that Gibbs apparently was sniffing around Elway. Can you imagine them running a mix of the Rippin Williams scheme with the Theismann scheme? Because Elway could have done it because he was so mobile. Sniffing around done. Elway in '83 when he no, came out. No, 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 no. When they were later in his the, career, when, I think like when they fired Reeves. Okay, and I think there was a time where they were trying to trade him away. And apparently I had heard that, like, Gibbs apparently was sniffing around, like, trying to maybe get a package together, and it, nothing, nothing happened. They fired Reeves instead because, like, well, we're not going to give away our, you know, Hall of Fame quarterback. But I was I always thought about that because, again, Brian and I are a little too young for the Theismann years. Yeah, we kind of came in, like, three, with this you were four. Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. But it's like I always think of watching Theismann and going, good grief, if Elway was running these plays, you know, think about a 50, like, a rollout and throwing it 60 yards the other way down the field. They never would have stopped. There it is right there. Yeah, Redskins yeah. tried to trade for John Elway in 1991. Yeah. Yeah, that's and funny. Maybe, and maybe Coach Joe stays around for another five years, never does the NASCAR thing, because why maybe. would you, you know? Yeah. The funny thing is, when the Redskins beat the Broncos in the Super Bowl, I keep I always forget that Elway was on the other side of the field. It did not <laughs> fucking matter. It didn't matter. <laughs> didn't matter. Of course, that's a different NFL. Now, if yeah. you don't have a quarterback, you're, you're, not, you're not even in the season, basically. If you know you don't have a quarterback. Now, next year, I think we're going to be in the season. If it's only Kyle Allen and Taylor Heineke, but what do, what do we really expect? Thank God the Eagles are a fucking disaster, right? Yeah. The Giants are just dipwads. They don't know what they're doing right now. Daniel Jones sucks. And the Cowboys, I don't know how they're going to pay for everybody now, now that Dak's been paid, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's only going to go downhill I, from here. I, I think, think it, that, know, it's, 
I think of that skit, that little clip from Family Guy where Stewie gets the ball and he gets, he goes, I got the ball because nobody's <laughs> yeah. blocking and everybody. Tells him. That's what I'm thinking next year's gonna happen to Dak where he's got one guy to throw to, one guy to hand off, and no line in front yeah. of him. I, I think the skins, you know, plug in. I, I, I saw that Fitzpatrick was uh, looking at retirement. Um, yeah. I was hoping they would get somebody like that. They have a lot of things. Like you saw what teams did to them last year when they decided they were just going to run the ball down their throat. They had a hard time with that. They lost some games. I, they, I'd have to recall I'm on the spot right now. They lost some games to some teams they shouldn't have because of that. You know, Is, is this it here? Oh, this is it. Yeah. Stewie's uh, football concussion? Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> yeah, they don't have like the right setup clip, but yeah, it's great. <laughs> okay, yes, yeah, so I've got the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw that after the, the Carson Wentz first game. Yeah, nobody's like, blocking. They sacked him eight times. It was like that was all over Twitter, and it was perfect. Exactly. Uh, what about baseball? I mean, I want to hear the story about Aaron Boone, by the way. Okay, so uh, Grant Paulson, you know, yep. great guy on uh, 106.7. Yep. He, uh, so me and him go back because the guy that he kind of befriended at Redskins games when he was like twelve year old covering games, I he used to do games with me, high school games on the local station in Leesburg, which Brian actually was a guest on. We had the greatest line ever, where we're asking, we're talking. So, what did you do for Christmas? He went to West Virginia, and I said, did you go to the track because that was the only thing in West Virginia at the time. He goes, yeah, yeah, they don't run on Jesus's birthday, which was <laughs> hilarious. But all eight know. people listening thought it was wow. hilarious. It was awesome. But, any, but anyway, I knew great. And half right? of them being devout were like, <laughs> "You blasphemer!" Yeah. Possibly yes. But we thought it was hilarious. So anyway, long story short, Paulson and I go way back. He was up for Sirius covering the NLCS, and he tweets out one day saying, I'm walking around, and I hear Aaron Boone going, I'm Jeremy Huber. It's the greatest thing ever, right? So, okay, that's great. It was kind of cool. So eventually just gets this like, because this is my sign-off on every update. Say, I'm Jeremy Huber. Now, sometimes I say it like more drawn out or whatever, and – Kudos to Earl Forsey, the longtime anchor in D.C., that it was I was his producer, and Earl would say, I'm Earl Forsey, so I do, I'm Jeremy That's Huber. It's a very solid, basic thing to but do. For some reason, it's become this thing where it's, I'm Jeremy Huber, right? So Boone's doing it, and it became on Twitter. So, of course, people are tweeting. Somehow, apparently, Shulman was doing it, too. Shulman pipes in on Twitter going, yeah, I'd do it more than I'd care to admit. So it's this life of a thing where everyone's like, oh, yeah, I, I say your name with you at the end of the update, too. So it's gone around. And when the All-Star game was in town, I saw Chris Singleton was in the building. Mike Farron, one of their hosts, introduces me. And he's like, huh? And he goes, I said, I'm Jeremy Huber. Oh, yeah, I know you from that. <laughs> and that's actually you're asking before we got going if we've ever met. We did. We were here. There was some event going on. You were picking up barbecue, a Guy that we know that uh, I don't like talking to that much was talking to me. And I look over, like, I think that's Saban. So I walk away, say, hey, hey Steve, I'm Jeremy Huber. And so, like, I don't think I said who I was at first. And he goes, yeah, I'm not sure if I – I said, Jeremy Huber. Go, You go, oh, I'm Jeremy I'm Huber. I'm Jeremy so, Huber, so right. that was the icebreaker of, okay, that's the guy that I know and heard so many it's times. A great, it's a great sign-off. It's good. It's almost <laughs> like, remember Van Earl Wright? No. I'm Van Earl Wright. He's, you guys are probably too young. How old are you guys? Uh, 40. Hey, you should have remembered him. He was, he was big on headline news. Okay. CNN. Remember when headline news was a thing? Yeah. Before the yeah. internet? You're like, shit, I need to find out what's going on in the world. Who's got a half hour loop of the news? Oh, good. CNN headline news. <laughs> You'd sit down. He did the sports for headline news, and his signature sign-off was, I'm Van Earl Wright. And he would like really punch it up like that. Mm. So, big Nationals fans? No. Yeah, Why not? He no, is. He's, 
He's I'm an a Orioles, Orioles fan. Oh, you are? Yeah. I grew up rooting for the Orioles. Yeah, so fine. dump their asses. They're never going to be good I, again. Yeah. I don't hate the Na- – I root for the Nationals. I'm just – if they're – you know, I, I guess I would say that I root for the Orioles or the Nationals 158 times a year. Okay. So here's a here's the problem with with him taking the uh, stance on it that it is when when they're going through the playoffs and everything we're like yeah whatever dude you know you you suck you don't even really root for them you know so he couldn't really enjoy any of it you know everybody's smacking fives and we leave him hanging it. you know I don't know it the, the, yeah, how about how about hockey capitals yeah. well, so go ahead we're the we're the I think at least I am I don't know you but I was always the quintessential bandwagon caps fan so once. NCAA tournament was over. I became right. a big Caps fan. Of course, get disappointed now. We were here when they won the title yeah. a few years ago. I actually watched it, which was great because, you know, at, I remember one point when the clock goes out, we're both screaming, what's going on with the clock? What's going yeah. on with the clock? Right. And I think I carried around his business partner after they won because I couldn't find anything. Tra- he wouldn't nice. let, me, he wouldn't let yeah. me carry any of the cool stuff like a keg or the Were there a lot of people there. in the restaurant at the time? Yeah, watching. Oh, yeah. yeah, good, yeah. nice crowd. Yeah, yeah, nice yeah. crowd. Um, bars full. You know, yeah. it's not. It's not necessarily a sports bar. We've got you know big TVs. You do have TVs, stuff, but, yeah. but yeah, you don't want to identify as a sports bar. Yeah. You're a proper barbecue joint that now as well. You don't have a liquor license. You don't have bourbon, but you've got the big bourbon <laughs> tree on the wall, which I find fascinating. Did you say we don't have bourbon? No, I'm sorry. You do. Oh, okay. You have a yeah. liquor license. <laughs> I meant to say, I was thinking of something else. You have plenty of bourbon. What bourbon do you have in the in the restaurant? Right now we we got um, Eagle Rare seventeen year and um, and uh, Sazerac eighteen year. Those are the two. Uh, I, I placed those orders back in two thousand fourteen. So I, really? I, got a, I got a case of each of those. How much they, is that per bottle? They cost me one hundred dollars. They're worth twenty five hundred a piece. Wow! And um, but we've got hell. We've got two hundred and eighty bourbons in there right. um about 160 tequila are you um, are you big into bourbon like you are barbecue yeah okay. oh yeah a lot of guys are yeah I, i'm into barbecue and bourbon to the point where i love them both i'm just not fanatic about them i have fanatic bourbon buddies who constantly are like we're going on an excursion we think we can find a bottle of this over here and bottle of that over there and i'm like that's great knock yourself out maybe i'll come along sometime yeah well all of the whiskey on wednesday today oh is half price Hey now, except for I knew I came like here a for couple a of the yeah, <laughs> so that would be a good place for them to go and for you to to kind of reach up and grab you know some of the 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 really nice top shelf stuff. You for, don't want to waste the that. Price. You don't want to waste the good stuff. On the me. only way the only way you come to appreciate it is if you you drink it. What do you charge per glass of the Eagle Rare Seventeen that cost a hundred to you? About but a hundred and fifty dollars a glass. <laughs> So one, so one, one glass. I've already made fifty dollars profit, but but you price that at market because it's so rare. Like it, right? I would be crying if I. Is it under lock and key? I hope no. No, I mean you can you can, we'll put the bottle right in front of you. You can taste. Yeah, but I mean, it, how do you, you keep know, your employers it? from walking off with it? Well, there's Good only employees. there's only one out at a time. So the rest of the stock I do have under lock. And okay, key, yeah. all right, fair yeah. enough. And you got security cameras, so don't yeah, even think security about security. A really good core staff. Like like they yeah. all they're great. They hold each right. other accountable. If somebody's messing up. When uh, when Fine. we went to my uh, when I went to play golf in Scotland a couple of years ago, there was one place, high end place, that had uh, scotch that was so expensive, it was a thousand dollars for a wee nip. Wow. A, a nip wee of, nip. A nip of scotch is like that, and then they have an even smaller delineation <laughs> called a wee nip. It's an actual. Oh, that's denomination. an actual measurement. Yes. Wow. It's not an expression. Wow. There's like a, a nip like of a scotch, and then there's a wee nip, <laughs> and it was a thousand dollars for a wee nip. 
Wow. And we're like, you've got to be crazy. And the person at the place said, well, there was just a group of guys that came in via helicopter, ordered a wee nip, had it, got in the helicopter, flew off to some other golf course. And I'm like, yep, that's fuck you money. <laughs> yeah. And it's out there. And I'd love a little piece of it, yeah. boys. <laughs> just a tiny little bit. Well, do, you, do you like scotch? I like whiskey better than scotch, but I'll drink scotch. I do, too. I don't like scotch. Scotch is just too earthy. Here's the dirty little secret about scotch. It's America's sloppy seconds. They don't, <laughs> really? they don't have trees in Scotland anymore, okay? So everything that they're aging there takes twice as fucking long. Why? Because all of our bourbon has already pulled the flavor out of the barrel. They're using American bourbon barrels to age. Really? Yes. So Interesting. That's why, and I'll show people at the bar, I'll, I'll pick up an eight-year bourbon and a 20-year scotch, and that 20-year scotch is so much lighter in color than the eight-year bourbon. Because we've already, you know, they're they're dealing with our castaways. <laughs> you you, you like, think Ron Swanson would have known that? <laughs> There's a lot of people that think Scotch is the highest. You know, it's it's not. Right. If you're just judging by flavor and, and you know, better. Well, American bourbon's it's better. It's great to have you in the van, Jeremy. You got to see it firsthand. I hope it's the one of the seven wonders of the world. It's just a Ram 2500 that's been upfit. And uh, thank you, Monk, for telling me the backstory of this place. I will well, keep coming here. Yes, you sir. keep make, making that great brisket, all right? We'll get you some fine bourbon here soon. Okay, so, very yeah. good. <laughs> Thank you. All right. All right. Let's end today with a COVID truth bomb to end all truth bombs. After almost one year, the 12th tomorrow, Friday, will be one year from the most disastrous, insane, totalitarian mistake in my lifetime, and I think in the last 100 years or more. The great coronavirus overreaction. You're sure this day will come. It's just a matter of time. Could be one month, could be two months, three months. Could be four months. I see that happening. Yes. Eight months. That's a realistic timeline. How about forever? Eleven months. Perhaps. Okay, wait. I'll really think hard about this one. One year. I could see that as a very real possibility. Here we are. Here we are. And the nonsense is never ending. This is the latest from the feeble-armed, flip-flopping, career bureaucrat and Democratic Party stooge in a lab coat, one Anthony Fauci. Take a listen to this. This was actually from somebody at CNN who found a little bit of spine to throw him a fastball high and in. You know from the Biden administration that they say it will make its decisions based on science. What's the science behind not saying it's safe for people who have been vaccinated, receive two doses, to travel? You know, that's a very good question, John. And, and the CDC is carefully heading in that direction. Uh, you know, when we when when Dr. Walensky made the announcement a day or two ago, filibustering, filibustering, filibustering. What's the science? There is no science. Carefully about the fact that when you have a couple of people, two or three or more people in a family setting, both of whom are vaccinated, even if it's someone from another, a friend that doesn't have to be a member of the family. That was the first in a multi-step process multi-step that they are process. going to be rolling out. 
That's not science. They're being careful, understandably. They want to get... No, not understandably. Science, they want to get data. And then when you don't... Yeah, they want to get science and data. don't have the data and you don't have the actual evidence, then you've got to make a judgment call. And I think that's what you're going to be seeing in the next weeks. You're going to see little by little more and more guidelines getting people to be more and more flexible. The first installation of this is what can vaccinated people do in the home setting. Obviously, the next one is going to be what you're asking. What about travel? What about going out? What about getting a haircut? What about doing things like that? Getting a haircut. That's all imminently going to be coming out. Getting a Um, haircut. In terms of... Wow. Wow. Listen to this guy. So a year ago, all right, it go with our judgment, he says. In other words, go with our gut. It's also called um, guessing or winging it. Think about this. One year ago with very little known about the virus, very little known. Certainly not the mountain of data we have from all over the world, every country on the globe. And now, and a year ago with no effective treatments, which we now have many effective treatments and cocktails and protocols, and with no vaccines a year ago, which we now have many vaccines, and we're going to be swimming in vaccines. A year ago, Fauci's gut said the exact opposite. His gut said, ah, you know what? Go for it. I think if you're a healthy young person, that there is no reason if you want to go on a cruise ship to go on a cruise ship. Personally, I would never go on a cruise ship because I don't like cruises. But <laughs> that's another story. Uh, but the fact, the fact is that if, if, you have, if you have the conditions that I've been speaking about over and over again to this group, Namely, an individual who has an underlying condition, particularly an elderly person that has an underlying condition. I would recommend strongly that they do not go on a cruise ship. Um, One year ago, very little known, no data, no treatments, no vaccines. Go on a cruise if you're healthy. One year later, tons of data, vaccines, treatments. I don't know about haircuts yet. We'll wait till the CDC tells you what you can do. One year ago, he said masks were worthless. Stop wearing them. They do more harm than good. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. You're sure of it? Because people are listening really closely to this. Right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. When you're in the middle of an outbreak, wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better. And it might even block a, a droplet but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. And often there are unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask and they keep touching their face. And can you get some schmutz sort of staying inside there? Of course, of course. But when you think masks, you should think of healthcare providers needing them and people who are ill. Yeah. Then he said on asymptomatic spread, which is the whole premise for locking down, because if you're, if the whole thing is like, look, if you're sick, if you got symptoms, stay home. But it was, no, no, you could be asymptomatic. You could kill grandma without even knowing it. That's why you've got to wear a mask because your mask protects me and my mask protects you. The whole asymptomatic spread, which is shown to be barely a part of this whole thing, even Fauci admitted back in February of last year. To just add one thing that seems to get lost in that question is that, as Bob said, and I agree, we would really like to see the data because if there is asymptomatic transmission, it impacts certain policies that you do regarding screening, et cetera. 
But the one thing historically people need to realize, that even if there is some asymptomatic transmission, in all the history of respiratory-borne viruses of any type, asymptomatic transmission has never been the driver of outbreaks. The driver of outbreaks is always a symptomatic person. Even if there's a rare asymptomatic person that might transmit, an epidemic is not driven by asymptomatic carriers. Yeah. If you give this guy one ounce of credibility anymore or pay any attention to him, you are a fool. You're a lemming. You're somebody who deserves to be led around on a leash. But don't count on the rest of us to fall in line. Fuck him and fuck you for believing in him. He's a hack. And if you don't see it now, you're never going to see it. You know who saw it a long time ago? Portnoy, and he put him on blast. All right, rant time. Uh, you see these quotes from my guy Fauci? He just said, CNBC, look it up. I just saw the article. He says if we stay locked in too long, it can cause like irreparable damage. He doesn't want anyone to think that we want this thing to go on. Like he thinks that we should start opening the country. What the f*** are we talking about? This is my whole point. Fauci, I just did a rant that like went viral literally like last week because you're like, if we open up the country, it's everyone's going to die. I'm paraphrasing, but that's like what he said. Now, I put a little f***ing heat on him and people are like, we got to open. We're going to die if we stay inside. Now he's just, the, the wind blows and he's like, okay, no, no, no. It, it, we can't stay in forever. It, it causes irreparable damage if we stay. What is it, Fauci? Pick a f***ing side or at least say you don't know what the f*** you're talking about he that's doesn't. the problem that's my whole point nobody knows what i'm talking about wear masks don't wear masks stay inside don't stay inside all right well who knows if nobody knows anything then what the fuck are we doing holy shit, fauci and shout out to my dad who's like team fauci he's like well fauci says this now what dad because 24 hours later he flipped again all he did was tank the fucking stock market what the fuck is going Am I taking crazy pills? I feel like uh, no. Mugato. Am I taking crazy pills here? Is nobody pee- I invented the piano necktie. Is nobody <laughs> paying attention? Yeah. He nailed it. As we learned more and we had more data to rely on, the government response has gotten dumber and dumber. Unless they're responding this way on purpose for other reasons. Hmm. Strokes chin. Do you think? How about this? How close are we to herd immunity? Answer, we don't know. Why? Apparently we don't even want to know. Where are the antibody surveys that should be going on city by city, region by region to see where are we at? We had 20%, 30%, 40%, 50%. We're not even doing them. We're spending billions of dollars on testing and billions of dollars in vaccines. Nobody wants to know. Where are we along in this thing? And is this virus about politics of hello? Of course it is. Here's the one trillionth example of it. Florida, Florida's cabinet voted to waive any outstanding fines on businesses and individuals for violating COVID mandates. Okay, good. It passed the cabinet in a three to one vote. Hmm, three to one, huh? Who was the one? Oh, you don't ask, huh? The no vote was from Nikki Freed. Florida Commissioner of Agriculture, and you guessed it, Freed is the only Democrat on the board. 
Why do Democrats so gleefully want to use COVID to punish small business and citizens? It's insane. Here's another good one. Headline, 15 million fabric masks given to pharmacists in Belgium may be toxic. This according to a confidential report for the Belgian Institute for Public Health. The face masks were manufactured in Asia by the Luxembourg-based company Avrox and may contain nanoparticles of silver and titanium dioxide that when inhaled could damage the respiratory tract. Somebody pointed out the UK produced 38 million gas masks for World War II. The filters were made from blue asbestos. Nothing ever changes people. Government everywhere is full of fuck-ups and none of them ever face real consequences. It doesn't mean we don't need government. Of course we do to have a semi-organized society, but holy shit, wake up and realize that government needs to be reined in and told to go sit in the goddamn corner at every opportunity. In Canada, it's worse. This guy Trudeau, this guy, He's unbelievable. He said this with a straight face the other day. Take a listen. I can understand uh, some people are looking for constitutional conversations. I'm not going to engage in those right now. Uh I am focused on getting Uh us through this pandemic. Yeah, I'm not going to engage in those. Your prime minister does not want to engage in the most fundamental question the state has with its governed citizens. Holy shit. And he said it with a smirk and righteousness. In his tone. Pro tip, if the Constitution does not apply because there's a virus, guess what? You have no rights. If your rights become a bargaining chip to get back to quote-unquote normal, congratulations, you now live in a dictatorship. Holy shit, am I taking crazy pills? I'm not. I'm saying the world is crazy. You're saying for listening to me and agreeing and nodding your head... And the people who are triggered by this amount of truth have already turned off the podcast and are going to write me an angry email. And our news media is not even remotely doing their job. They're not telling you what's going on at even a basic level. For example, last week, guess who appeared on China Central Television alongside a CCP member and scientist by the name of Zhang Nanshan? That's right. Good old Dr. Fauci. Fauci said with Dr. Zhang, they called for global solidarity and cooperation to fight COVID-19, and both Fauci and Zhang urged the West not to open up too quickly, even though China's been open, wide open, for almost eight months. Are you fucking kidding me. Did you see this lead, the NBC Nightly News or any other outlet? Did you see any uh, reporters aggressively questioning Biden? What is this all about? They're the ones that launched this thing on the world. And now we're sitting there sending our top guy to do a Zoom teleconference with him going, yeah, let's not open up. What the fuck? But of course, it's insanity. And the curious media, the so-called speak truth to power people, they're full of shit. There's no outrage. There's no curiosity. We're not just a nation of sheep, unfortunately, but the sheepdog media who are supposed to be protecting the flock against wolves, 
They're instead collaborating with the wolves. I'm already, I'm getting cotton mouth. I'm getting foam in my mouth. I'm so fucking mad. We are a nation of sheep and the sheep are asleep and they're ordering Grubhub and they're downloading their videos and their stupid shit on Netflix and they just don't care. They don't get it. But it's not all bad one year in. There is some hope. The LA Unified School District, one of the largest in the US and one of the most belligerent in terms of going back to do their actual fucking jobs, they've reached a tentative agreement with the teachers union that will allow in-person instruction to resume next month, but with some additional COVID regulations. What caused the union in the LA Unified School District to finally cave after all this time? Guess what? A leaked Facebook post in which one of the union members said, hey, don't share spring break photos on social media. It's a bad look since we keep saying we're afraid of teaching kids in our classroom right now because they're too icky and germy. That leaked note finally got them back to the table. Well, good. Fuck them. And finally, Dateline Arlington, Texas. The Rangers may be the first team in the four major sports to actually have a full crowd at a game. They've been cleared for full attendance. The Rangers do say they're going to require masks because, you know, they work so well and they're just such a great mystical, magical thing when they're not filled with shit like, you know, uh, what, what is it? Titanium dioxide and nanoparticles of silver that may infect your lungs. Other than that, they're magic things that keep everyone safe. You're never going to get sick. It's going to stop the pandemic. That's the fucking magical thinking that I've been screaming about now for months. Stop the magical thinking. They don't do shit. And you know it, and I know it, and anyone with a brain knows it. So let's drop the pretense. Happy anniversary. One year of a pandemic of governmental stupidity, overreach, Karenism, paranoia, germophobia, and fucking hacks like Dr. Fauci, who I hope someday will be relegated to the dustbin of scorn so that his name is remembered as a punchline. (laughs) I see you're pulling a Fauci there, Bob. You had positions on six different things there. Looks like you can't make up your mind, huh, Fauci? If that someday happens, I'll be the happiest guy in the world. With that said, we're on to Cincinnati. Thank you for listening if you made it to the very end here. Tomorrow, it's our Friday edition. I gave you four days for free. They were pretty four pretty good days, I'd say. I don't know if Friday's going to be any better. I don't have anyone lined up right now, but I'll figure it out. I do appreciate everybody who subscribes and those who don't necessarily need a fifth day of me on the podcast. If you buy it anyway at a mere five bucks a month, it helps out the cause. That is my sort of gentle shaming of you to sign up and be a subscriber. Go to zabe.com slash premium to find out how you can do it. And I thank you, thank you, thank you. Deep, humble bow, Ed McMahon style for those that do. Have yourself a great Thursday and we will see you next time. Just because the NFL season is now firmly in the rearview mirror does not mean the betting season is over. Oh, no, 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 no.
There is still plenty of opportunities to put a little something-something on the games. The NBA, college basketball, NHL, yes, golf. No matter what tickles your fancy, there is still plenty of action to whet your appetite. But just remember, where you bet is every bit as important, if not more so, than what you're betting on. That's why I tell my friends to go to mybookie.com. A-G. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big DraftKings fan duel, whatever. No, 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 no. Johnny come latelys. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does that matter? Oh, I don't know. In a million ways. Better lines, better payouts, less rules. You name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and have your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Now, make sure you read the rules on payouts regarding bonus wagering. It does require certain levels of wagering to collect your money. But if you just want to bet straight up, you don't want the deposit, you want to make a one-time bet for a million dollars, win it, and then walk away, Fine, you can do that as well. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. Bet, win, and most importantly, get paid with my bookie today.